second episode of Whiskey on the Weekend. This is August 10th. I am joined by BJ. BJ, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Levi, what's up? In the dream. Boston bound. And I think we have Spencer on time today. Shocking, I know. Got a record here. Okay. All right. Well, let's get going. Before we do so, a little housekeeping. Me and Spencer are hanging out the Chernobyl podcast and the Magnum Talks TV podcast channel. Spencer, I don't know about you, but that podcast is becoming a problem for me. Um, in what shape or form is it a problem? What is well, that? I had seven pages of single space notes for the last one. Um, <laughs> I'm, at, uh-huh. I'm at five single space pages now for the next one, um, and I'm halfway through. So it's it's becoming a time suck. But anyway, check it out. BJ, you want to mention about my home reads? Um, yeah, we're slowly working on the content that I teased on our last episode. Um, hopefully that'll um, hit the shelves sometime in the next couple of weeks. Um, Spencer has had other duties, so we have a little bit of uh, delay in recording our last episode of our uh, murder mystery novel, um, but hopefully that'll be out on time. And then we're going to be doing a short story um, and maybe two. Um, we're going to be doing uh, an Ursula K. Le Guin short story. Uh, I believe it's She Names Them. Um, which is a fun, super, super short story. Um, and yeah, then we'll probably be doing uh, Station Eleven just to uh, try and make Spencer relive his horror in the airport. Because flashbacks are so much fun. Awesome. All right, cool. Uh, I think the one thing we can address right off the top is, Levi, you're moving this week. I am. Uh, depends on how you define the boundary of a week, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm moving within the next seven days. All right. Is everything going well with that? You ready? Yeah. I mean, he he's got his Boston gear. So so what else does he need? Exactly. I've got my Boston gear. I'm prepared to fit in with, with the locals. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm myself. Not be assaulted for being a a, a southerner. Um, we have stolen most of our stuff. I'm currently sitting on a fold-out table, or my computer's on a fold-out table rather, and I'm sitting on a camp chair. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a slight echo because there's literally nothing else inside of my office. Um, there's just this. Um, so we're we're living like God intended, is, is what I'm saying, and it's fantastic. Like Are you emotionally spark? prepared? You gonna cry that, when you? I asked if you were emotionally prepared. Uh, I believe so. I don't know if I have emotions. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that would require emotions, yeah, but we, yeah, we've been, so. we been over that. I, I mean, I think so, but who knows. I'm going to feel more emotion about you moving than you're going to feel. Uh, maybe possible. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. You, we you have, mean like definitely the case? Yeah, definitely the case. We had a going away party <laughs> for him last weekend, and uh, he, he walked away with a lot of Boston swag, a lot of Celtics gear. Yeah, to celebrate his new fandom. It's impressive. Huh? Yeah, it's really, it's really weird being a Boston fan. I always thought I was a Dallas Mavericks fan, but apparently not. <laughs> you know. Nope, it's a brand new world. Okay. We're going to do this podcast in two parts, uh, like we've been doing lately. Um, The first part, we're going to focus on our on-brand segment. So anything that happened in the last couple weeks that's very on-brand for you, you can talk about it. I'll throw one out off the top. Uh, Before we do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's get drinking. Forgot about the whiskey part. All right. BJ, we're going to start with the Tennessee whiskey. BJ, Levi, you know what you're drinking. Um, Lee, you're you're drinking from the completely unmarked bottle. You should have one bottle that's got like a piece of tape on it, and one that doesn't. Okay. And we'll try it, and then I'll let you know what it is. Mm. 
It almost doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> I mean, it's smooth, it's pleasant, it's nice, but like... I feel like I get a, a hit of alcohol, a hint of sweetness, and then uh, it completely disappears. Yep. Yep. I am not a big fan. That, there's not much to that. It's delightfully smooth, but that's all it is. What is it? All right. It is George Dickel Tennessee bottled whiskey. Oh, Dickel. Yeah. That's a that's a mixing whiskey. It is a mixing whiskey. This was recommended by the same coworker that recommended Costco, and I think we can agree that this is at least a step up from that in the sense that it is palpable. Uh, though I would struggle to say that there's much complexity to it. Yeah, Dickel. I've I've had Dickel before, but I always always mix it um, for reasons that we just talked about. Not particularly good on its own, but yeah. I do get the sweet right away. So, so Spencer, which mm-hmm. Dickel is it? Because you know, I feel like it's kind of like saying Beam is a mix, mixing whiskey, which um, is kind of uh, yeah, you know. What do we just says? George Dickel, Tennessee bottled and bond whiskey. Ah, so bottled and bond. Yeah. So actually, that means that it's higher proof. Um, so it's going to be 100 proof. proof. What? 100 proof. Yeah. Um, and Spencer, I feel like I'm surprised you didn't go down the Wikipedia spiral of what bottle and bond means. I did not. Please tell us, PJ. Um, uh, basically, it's a, it denotes that a governmental body has enforced a certain set of rules. Um, basically, it needs to be at 100 proof. They, there is a governmental, essentially, lock, I believe, on the warehouses, and they you mm-hmm. know, are untouched for, I think it's four years, but I'm not 100% on that. Um, and it's come back in vogue, and it was sort of to prevent a lot of impurities and, and other things like that um, from going into the whiskey and or being bottled uh, earlier or whatever it is. And so the warehouses were bonded uh, by the U.S. government. Hmm. Well, I would say it's mostly sweet, uh, maybe a caramel kind of taste or aftertaste, maybe a touch of charcoal. But otherwise, it's just smooth. I mean, it's pleasant. I'm enjoying sipping it, but there's just not much to it. I am so proud of you. You've got, you've come such a long way in in talking about what whiskey tastes like. I'm trying hard. That, that was, was a rough no, that was really no. I'm not being sarcastic. That was really good because I do get a little charcoal as well, especially on the uh, the back end. Well, Spencer, I'm gonna give you the credit. I, I believe you're 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 playing the role very good, and, and I'm proud of you for playing the very. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're you're excellent. You're becoming an expert, a thespian of the whiskey tasting stage. You know, I can only deal with so much public shame before I have to actually try to learn what I'm doing. So you know, I'm I'm trying trying to write down notes about what we'd actually taste so I can remember what actually a taste is. Well, and this transfers to like, if you you go to like try wine, you can just start talking. Well, I get a little dandelion. I get a little um, fresh laundry. Like, I mean, just, just basically just like talk about candle scents. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That was a recommendation of a uh, distiller. So, you know, I, I, you say it a little facetiously, Lee, but, but uh, there, there's a, Expertise to back you up. Well, can we tell my coworker this is a step up as compared to Costco, at least? Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, but in Costco whiskey. I feel like your coworker, maybe maybe they just have a, a slim alcohol budget or something. But yeah, that's, I, that's I think that there are, there are better choices for the price because most bottled and bond uh, whiskeys are, are 
not inexpensive, and I feel like this just wasn't wasn't a good choice. Uh, maybe they should listen a little bit more to our our podcast and get some better recommendations for. for Damn, BJ, throwing shade already. I, w- I will say this though, in defense of Spencer's coworker, um, not a lot of people really think it's all right to spend more than maybe fifty dollars on a bottle of whiskey. Like, there's a lot of people who are just like, I just don't. Their priorities are different. So, it might be somebody who's like has a budget of maybe say thirty bucks and is like, okay, within the realm of a thirty dollar bottle of whiskey, here's what I like. Yeah, that that is fair. All right. Well, now I think we can go on to the on-brand segment, if that's okay with everybody. Yep. Okay. Mine is all. Mine seems to always be about food, so this one's about food as well. So there's a near my work. There's a very large shopping center, um, and it's actually across the street from another shopping center. And there's within this like, you know, I don't know, quarter mile, maybe even less than that area. There's probably like twelve restaurants. And I found myself going. Well, I, I, I did this on purpose. I went and sat in the parking lot of the large uh, shopping center and listened to a podcast and just waited to see where the construction workers were going to eat lunch. <laughs> and when I saw the, the trucks full of construction workers going to this little taqueria, I went in there and had tacos. So I, I literally just sat and waited to see, okay, there's always construction going on RTP. That's where I work. Where are the construction workers eating? <laughs> I like it. And so I, I almost thought that this was going to a, there are lots of restaurants. I'm going to sit in the center, order like Postmates or Uber Eats and see like who gets here first. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that for a podcast. Well, I thought it was going in an entirely different direction. I thought you were going to describe how you went to all 12 of those restaurants. You kept copious notes on it in a spreadsheet and now you've mapped out the sort of top value. Uh, and and best choices there, but it, this is even that, that that sounds more like what you would do, Levi. I'll tell you what I did do though when I went to the, when I went to that individual that taqueria, I got one of every category on their menu. So meaning like one taco, one burrito. One I got three tacos, three pusas, three tamales, burrito, some nachos, and a salad. Super on brand for you to order into this too much food. <laughs> Way too much. Do, do you still have it? Uh, I have some pupusas left, yeah. Nice. Is this, was, was this for lunch or this is going back home? Uh, it was for lunch. So I ate some, but I, I live so close to work now that I can I can do this because I'll, I ate a little bit there and then just took a leftover some. Ah, that's right. That's right. I forgot that was an option. I was, I was imagining you taking it into the RTP. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> The fridge by on your floor or wherever it is, and someone's like, "Wow, it's it's a lot of food there, Terry." And you're like, "Yeah." yeah well. I've, I've done that meeting. No. But yeah, now I can now I can just it opens up my lunch ordering because I can go to a place and just be like, "Okay, I'll have the menu, and then I'll pick at it and take the rest of it." I like it. Who's next? BJ. Uh, I, well, I was thinking about going last because I was going to introduce another segment, but I'm going to go now and, and well, not introduce well, another segment, but but a topic. I do not, BJ, I do not want to break up our flow. We could have a yeah. professional flow going yeah, on do. here. So, oh, yeah. Spencer, yep. you or myself, which one? I can go. Um, as some of you guys know, uh, I my typical on-brand stuff is just random things that I get involved in because other people want me to do them. Uh, and for me this week was I had a... 10-year-old child who was the son of an old friend of my girlfriend who lived with us for a week so that we could take him to summer camp. Okay, we're going to put a pin in this because I feel like this is going to be a large section 
of of uh, one of the episodes. So either we can do that this episode or or the second half. But I can I introduce like it now, or otherwise is, I can do. This yep. is a hellhole that that we're going to dig into. Okay. <laughs> I think we do it now because I've got something I really want to talk about in the second segment and has okay, nothing to do good. with the on brand thing, so it wouldn't fit here. Yep. So Levi. Yes. So uh, as Terry sort of gestured to, I'm I'm moving. Um, for those who don't know, I'm 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 getting rid of everything. We're we're taking two sedans worth of stuff. So if it can't fit in two sedans, we're getting rid of it. So I'm consequently I'm selling a lot of stuff, posting a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace, which really is the place to sell stuff nowadays. Um, as well, I'm to uh, Craigslist, I'm a lot better success on Facebook. Let's try that now. Um, I am off Facebook myself. I've, I've deactivated my account and deleted it, um, so I don't have it. So I, I'm, I'm logged into my, my girlfriend's account, and we're selling stuff through her account. Now, after we first did our first suite of selling things, um, I got really confused with and like was, was ranting to my girlfriend. It may have been over at the um, Going Away Party, Terry, where I was just like, all of these idiots, they always say, is it available? I mean, the thing was just posted. Why do you have to ask, is it available? It's not that big of a marketplace. Why does every single person say this, the same phrase capitalized? I question mark at the end. This is the – That's just English. Um, I, I'm really confused by this. And, and then Samantha you know, fi- uh, followed up like, Levi, when you, re- when, when you chat with someone from marketplace, it gives you a couple of suggestions. And the first one is, is it available? Question mark. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that, that makes more sense. I'm I'm still like inside intrinsically grumpy that people go with the defaults, but you know I can explain it a bit more. But I will say the sort of Levi on brand of the week um, is we posted a, a, a slow cooker that we have um, on there, and the first person that responded, they responded in Spanish. And it was clearly, is it available in Spanish? Because uh, it was relatively short and a question mark at the end. Um, and Samantha is looking over my shoulder as I'm on my computer, logged into her Facebook account, so under her name. And I'm typing stuff out, and she's looking over my shoulder and is growing increasingly aghast at the situation. Um, what I ended up sending was uh, the sentence, English, comma, please, period, and then sent that. And she's like, Levi, what are you doing? Did you, did you really just send that? That is hilarious. Do you get a response? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and and marching Sam's name on, on Facebook. I like it. And I, was telling, I, I was trying to come up with a better one because it makes me seem very Trump-like. But you know what? Fuck it. Like, it, I'm sorry. I, it, the, the post is in English. I'm not going to Google Translate this for, for a $10 slow cooker. Uh, English is only okay. accepting. America, you shouldn't have to Google Translate anything. Speak English or leave. I, know, I, I hear you, Levi. Big Trump guy over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. So, so my site, my on brand is actually not not per se my on brand, but um, and and this also ties into uh, Mangum Reed. So um, this will be on 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 brand for me, but more uh, more on brand for my mom. Um, so my mom came out to visit uh, this past weekend, and oh, she was reading a book that she didn't like for her book club. And 
Um, she got, essentially got up early and, and was, you know, reading through it and was finally done. And she was, you know, complaining left and right about it, mostly about the uh, completely unnecessary sex scenes. Um, but and some of the uh, relationships that just, you know, didn't make any sense. So, uh, so before you move on, question: Is it Twilight? It's not. No, it, it's about um, a woman who's researching the Converso, uh, her uh, history and how Conversos, uh, basically Jews that converted but were kicked out of Spain and Portugal, ended up in Mexico and uh, the southern U.S. Conversos. Um, yes. What's the language is that? Uh, I believe Spanish. Levi, we'll get it out of here. <laughs> I didn't like that shit. He just established it. He did, and, and so so basically, you know, it was bouncing between uh, the 1400s and today. And uh, there are a couple of things about this book that I thought were very on brand. First of all, um, it was talking about uh, Spanish cuisine, and it was talking about a tomato sauce. Mom was like, you know, tomatoes were were a new world uh, introduction, and they weren't in. Uh, in Europe at that point in time. And so she, you know, wikipedia and looked up the history of tomato in uh, European cuisine. And that is my funnest fact in the world. Like if if you have to say a fun fact, you have to say tomatoes are new world food. You associate pizzas with Italy. Pizzas in Italy before the the settlement of America of Europeans didn't have tomatoes. Couldn't have had tomatoes. Mm -hmm. None of the Italian cuisine could have tomatoes. All the things. It even took a while after they were exposed. It even took a while after they were exposed to it because the original name for tomatoes in a lot of European cultures was poison apples, and they assumed that they were poisonous and actually have like little roadside fairs of watching people eat tomatoes, assuming that they would die because they were poisonous. Spencer, you say took a while, and I have no idea if you're fucking with me. It's perfectly possible. You never know. I mean, (laughs) I would say it's not super widespread because. But but I think that did happen a little bit. But fairly early on, there were um, some cookbooks. But even before that, they they were used as centerpieces. Display. Yeah. Um, yeah, just put out on display, and it's like, look at this fancy stuff that we brought in from the New World. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, my mom was talking about writing a letter to the editor and saying, you know you did such a poor job in editing and fact-checking this book that, that here's a, a glaring error that I found. Um, but uh, anyway, so, so that was part of it. And then the other part of it was um, apparently shortly after she got home, she was uh, carrying the book in along with, uh, you know, some of her stuff. And one of her neighbors was like, oh, you know, I see you're reading that book. You know, I really liked it. What do you think? And she's like, it was mediocre at best. I just flogged through it. And like ended the conversation <laughs> and walked away. And come right out of your mouth, BJ. I- exactly. Um, and so I figured this was, you know, sort of the perfect hashtag on brand and a, a segment that that I wanted to to propose to you, you know, a little bit of discussion, which is um, coming by it honestly. And so, um, Lee, your your wife Sarah has brought up that that I might not be the most uh, diplomatic person, shall we say? Um, and I would say that I uh, come by it honestly, and, and the phrase is something that my mom uses. When I do something that she or, or uh, my father and, 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 or stepfather do sort of on a routine basis, and, and so the, yeah, it was mediocre, I slugged through it, it no. 
um, to, to, to somebody saying, oh, I really like that book. Um, so, so when I, you know, pan a book or something that, that other people like, uh, sometimes in not the most diplomatic way, she would say that I come by that honestly. Um, and so I figured well, I'd, I'd like to point out something because I helped Sarah get to her understanding of you. Uh, how you because she started talking about how you guys are reading Harry Potter uh, for the Manga yep. Rants, uh, podcast, and she said, "Well, BJ said that he just it didn't really line up with his timeline of growing up. You know, he kind of missed it when he was, you know, in middle school or, or elementary school, and mm-hmm. now he, he, you know, he he doesn't really." It's not his thing, but he understands kind of why people would like it. I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. BJ fucking hates Harry Potter. This is just a nice way of telling you that he fucking hates it. <laughs> well, so so I will say I, I did dislike it when I read it, you know, as basically early college. Um, but but I'm appreciating it more now. But but yes, that that is a more diplomatic way for, for me to say, um, yeah, I didn't like it. And yeah, I understand I why other people like it. I told her straight up. I was like, if he was, he's, he said that with you because he's diplomatic with you. If he was talking to me, he'd been like, yeah, that shit's trash. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. So, so I, I thought I would ask you guys, um, you know, what things would maybe your parents or, or, or people close to you say that you come by honestly because of, you know, it's something that, that you, that your parents or somebody close to you does on a regular basis. And so it sort of seeped into, uh, habits that you have, like who you are and what you do. Hmm. So I, I can tell a story in this in this context. Perfect. Um, and then it, it we can fast forward to, to another another thing that wraps it around. So I have a very distinct memory of missing the bus uh, when I was younger. I want to say six, the elementary school, so fifth or sixth grade or so. Um, I missed the bus, and, and my mom had to take me to school. And we were driving to school. School is, it, it wasn't too far from my house. Uh, it was probably two miles down a highway. But we're driving along, and I just have a very distinct memory of asking my mom, hey, mom, um, do old people, is the reason why old people go to church is because they're afraid of dying? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag on brand. And I remember her, her response, which was, that's possible, Levi, but you can't talk like that around your grandparents. Um, and I was like, okay, fair enough. Now, this story, is, to me, is, is meaningful in my understanding of myself because I, I think of my mom, like me and my mom as being somewhat different people in many respects. Like I'm a bit more blunt, a bit more, um, you know, I'll say arrogant or sort of talkies than her um, about these sort of more offensive things. Um <laughs> And I always thought of myself that way. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm different than my, than my mother. Uh, my dad passed away, so I'm not so much like him, or at least I don't have a memory of him like that. Um, I'm just very different. And then I, the first time my girlfriend met my mom, she let, like, when we were leaving, she was like, now I understand you know, why, why you are the way you are. And so apparently <laughs> that was really a, a something that seeped in from, from my mother. She just was, you know, an adult. And so had <laughs> You know, go at a grandparents' house or whatever age you are. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. And I don't. I don't think I. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't really think I take after my parents all that much. I think I'm a little different than they are. If, if you need a moment, I've got one in mind. Go ahead. Uh, 
I was going to say your dad's obsession with birds or no, I've got, I've got uh, artifacts. That would be a fair one. Yeah. Um, my perfect acceptance of casual cursing, given my parents are from New York and Texas, which cursing is just part of the basic language. But for me, honestly, um, so many people talk about how their parents either didn't understand that they played video games or didn't understand what video games they were playing when I was growing up. Uh, and I never understood that because I was playing the same video games I was playing with my parents. Some of my earliest memories of hanging out with my dad was me sitting on his lap, hammering the control button to kill demons in Doom, of where that was just part of my growing up, of where I was playing Guitar Hero with my mom as I'm watching her bob like she was in a 1950s board band as she was playing the guitar. It was just a basic part of my upbringing that video games was just something we did to hang out and enjoy because they would play them the same as, or as much as I did, whether I was there or not. And it's continued really through the present day of where whatever video game I find that I find interesting, I just send it to my dad and he'll call me at like 11 o'clock at night to ask for tips to get to the latest level of a Call of Duty game that he's playing through. So, so question. Um, yeah. So your mom would play guitar. Um, yeah. I, we all know that, that you have a sister, though she doesn't come up much on this podcast. Um, so what were the different roles that uh, people would play or was this only guitar hero not rock band this was guitar hero and rock band depending on what period in time it was this was occurring over several I, years i really want you to be the lead singer and, and like your sister be on drums or something uh no no that was not the case uh in part because i le- always left the drum set up in the mangum dorm during that period where i had the rock band full rock band set no whatever we'd play would just be typically me and my mom or my sister occasionally up where she'd be on lead guitar i'd be on bass my sister if she was there would be on vocals and my dad would be just watching, shaking his head throughout the entire experience as he went back to go play the first-person shooter that he preferred to play. That is adorable. That's, that is adorbs. And that was a key part of my upbringing. A key part of my exposure is just that video games was just part of hanging out, part of, part of background. Where I've heard so many friends talk about how their parents, they never could, it was something they never could bridge with their family or their parents. Yeah. They enjoyed video games, but their parents could never, never understood it. And we see situations now whenever there's a major cultural incident or shooting whatever else of where video games are easy touchstone to blame. But for my family, it was just always part of the basic background that we enjoyed together of where my dad would even call friends across the country when I was like seven years old so we could work through a Doom level together. And that was just part of my upbringing, part of something we enjoyed. So, you were playing Doom when you were seven? Yeah. and you know Problematic. That's a, Problematic. Uh, hell, I was playing Wolfenstein 3D when I was like five. You you're on, a list. you're on a list somewhere. I learned my first German words of what the German soldiers I was shooting would shout when I killed them. That was my growing up childhood. How much that's German not, did you learn? I learned alarm. I learned mein Leben. I learned a variety of my laws. Yeah, I, I know it's my love, but but is my that Wolfenstein? That, that isn't Wolfenstein. If you, if you killed, um, they'd shout like five or six different things, and one of the things they would shout was, my life, as you killed them, and Laban. So, yeah, uh, that, that was a key part of me growing up, key part of me exposed to my parents, and that has continued through the present day of something we enjoy together. I think that's really cool, man, because my parents, I mean, they might as well have been doing magic. I mean, they had no idea anything about video games. I mean, it was a fun moment for me in college of where I'd sent my dad uh, the original Halo when it came out on PC, because he's never really gotten used to Xbox controls, uh, but he's always played always enjoyed PC games. And he called me live as he was doing the final race as you're driving through the pillar bottom trying to get to the exit. Just, like you know, it. yelling out various obscenities as he's trying to get through this course while being timed as he's getting through it. 
That was a key moment we shared together. It was a lot of fun. All right. All right. I think I've got one. You've got one? Move on there. Yeah. Just selfish, selfishly. Um, your dad plays on PC or Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, exclusively PC. He's hated Xbox controls. I've tried to get him used to Xbox controls for the original Xbox, the Xbox 360, even Xbox One. And he just hates You wanted to friend him on PS4 or or Xbox. I mean, if I could have a buddy yeah, to play Call of Duty with, that'd be fantastic. Um, so. Well, they are allowing cross-play on the next Xbox, so you could play with him, and be careful, he's got like 20 years of experience now. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's exactly what I want out of the team. Uh, okay. I have such fond memories of playing as a team with Call of Duty with some buddies that did just, just working together felt, felt so good. Well, so I'll keep that in mind. The reboot for Xbox Modern Warfare, they've said they're allowing some degree of cross-play. So we could have a whole group of my family my family and me and you all playing together. It could be fun. I was going to say, that is one of the things that, that I do miss because we used to play a lot of video games together. I, we were a little bit less a part of this since you, you uh, lean more towards the basketball franchises. But, run the um, system. Um, what? I run the system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so, so, something that we used to do a little bit more, and, and every so often I get uh, emails from uh, here, whatever, and it's like, you know, you should play the, the next Destiny update. Like, well, yeah. It's not, not anyway. Um, yeah, so that would be a lot of fun. Um, we, we would definitely, you know, take your, your dad over you any day. I, I feel like he'd be, he'd be le- less likely to uh, kill Steel. Um, this is true. He's a much more of a team player from when I've played with him before. So, so Lee, I'm excited to hear your, your come by it honestly story. Yeah, so I really had to dig deep for this one because I'm a very different person than my parents. But I do share one trait with my dad, and that is we both love watching basketball. And we both very quickly, when assessing a basketball game or team, will categorize certain people as chuckers and then roll, like audibly moan every time they shoot. So I disagreed with my dad's assessment on Luke May, but he decided Luke May was a forward, powerful forward center for UNC for four years. He played all four years. Um, every time he would shoot, my dad would quit. And he's, oh, God, he's shooting again. Oh, what a chucker. Levi, how many times have I designated him to be a chucker <laughs> in our conversations? And then no matter what they do the rest of their career, they remain a chucker. Uh, I mean, to use a mathematical concept, it, it's a count, countably infinite set. It's not uncountably infinite, but it's but it's countably infinite. <laughs> like my my most on brand thing when I'm watching a basketball game is to turn to Levi and be like, that fucking guy shoot again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, we can go through the list of players that you just like <laughs> And the great thing about that, by the way, is 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 apparently both you and your dad. Um you guys you, you go with your gut feel the first time you had a gut feeling. Uh and you roll with that thing forever. Um once once stuck are always a chucker. Even a reformed chucker is really just a chucker at heart who's who's who's, who's playing a role. Um, it's fantastic. I assume DJ Augustine is still shooting 25 times a game. I haven't DJ seen Augustine any magic first of mine. <laughs> that was your most, not most, but like a super obscure hot take you had in like 2000, what was it, like nine or ten or so. It was just like DJ Augustine. He, he's a chucker. And I was like, who cares about like, DJ Augustine? Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, I had that. What, what, I had a great memory of that too because I, I I decided he was a chucker when he played for Texas. Uh-huh. And then we watched the NBA draft together the year he came out, and the fucking Bobcats took him in the first round. <laughs> I just was livid. <laughs> I was like walking around my apartment screaming, and Levi's like, he's going to get some shots up. <laughs> Good on it. 
But anyway, yeah, that's my that's my sort of. All right, yeah, I'm kind of like my dad in that respect. PJ <laughs> um, Levi, given that you both have met my dad, I also would say that I'm very much like my dad in the sense that I we both love trivia and love telling other people about it, and we'll corner you and tell you whatever is on our mind at a given moment, as you guys discovered with uh, various forms of ancient artifacts that he collects when you can't visit my house. Yeah, I was going to say. the poison apple thing just a little bit ago. Yeah, we'll get into it. But, I mean, your dad probably has, like, you know, illegal stashes of, of artifacts that he's, he's, he's smuggled out of Egypt and, and, and Rome. and. Not, not even him. There's some that go back, like, a couple family generations that I've just got no idea exactly how we – well, I know how we acquired them, and I've got no idea of the legality of that acquisition. <laughs> and as a lawyer, like, there's no way for you to find out, so I wouldn't worry about it. I could call the Cypriot government and ask, but that might be something I don't want to start. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, so actually, one of my favorite things that, that is um, on brand for both you and your dad is um, I, I enjoy like taking pictures of uh, birds and things like that and being like, hey, Spencer, what's this? Ask your dad. Um, and sometimes you'll come up with like, oh, that's like a, you know, a northern red-breasted uh, heron. And just mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what that is, but but awesome. And sometimes you'll be like, um, I'll let you know. 45 minutes later. So my dad says, how did you find that bird? Where is this? And what yeah. are you doing? Because that's a red-crested woodpecker. And it's just like, I was walking in a forest in North Carolina. I'm like, I don't know. It's it's always fun. If we're, I can I can identify some of them, but you can always tell if there's a delay. I've asked my dad, and he's never failed to identify them. But he's often annoyed that he doesn't have a, like location information when, I, when I'm asking the question. Yeah, uh, you've just taken me a picture of a random bird. There's a big country out there. Give me some identifying details. <laughs> and, and then the other, mm. yeah. I was gonna say, Terry, just to start the conversation a little bit. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I definitely have uh, probably mentioned it to you. But Spencer, I am so envious that you and your father know birds because knowing birds and knowing plant life to me seems like the most adult thing that can ever a person could ever be. Like if, if you know plant life, if you say that's you know this type of fern or this type of tree or this type of of animal, that to me is like the pinnacle of being an adult. Um, that plus a, a spare bedroom where you have a bed um, for 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 a guest to sleep. Those two things. If you can do those two things, you are an adult in, in, in my world. It's so funny you mention that because that is the reason my dad learned birds is because he's always told me a story of when he was driving in a car with a friend. They were like in their mid-20s, early 30s, something like that. And a bird swooped right in front of the windshield as they were driving. And the friend said, oh, that was a Baltimore Oriole. And my dad went, the fuck you identified that? The fuck you know what that is? And he said, no, it was a Baltimore Oriole. And they'd, like, stop the car. And they stopped and looked and said, there's a Baltimore Oriole. You can see you can see the features. You can see the different type of traits. My dad went, okay, teach me everything you know, because that is too damn impressive for me not to learn this. And that, yeah, Levi, that isn't a take that you've had before. I, mean, I think it came up in the conversation of we were talking about retiring. And you were like, yeah, I'm excited to retire so I can learn about birds. And I was like, what? <laughs> the explanation was that that's sort of the pinnacle that you retire, you learn birds, and now you are the consummate adult. You are the patriarch of the family. So, so Levi, was that um, when we went to visit uh, Spencer's family and after the bowl game, and we were just like talking about his dad's plans now that he's retired? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time in the backyard, like, you know, with my binoculars and identifying birds. And you just thought that was like the pinnacle. No, so, so as a, just a contact. 
maybe I had that thought, but I don't remember having that thought then. Um, it actually just came up, you know, in the past like year and a half, two years, um, just being around other people that are, you know, friends of my girlfriend and I, and and, and just like thinking about it, like knowing wildlife and like flora and fauna, it just seems so adult-like. I'm just not there. I don't think <laughs> I'm not an adult because I don't know like. I mean, I, I know like pine from oak, but don't go further. Um, mm-hmm. right, so I question for you. Mm. Um, if someone, say, learns a lot about um, primate behavior, mm-hmm. does that make them an adult? Behavioral <laughs> 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 traits of chimpanzees? Uh, I mean, it, it, are you saying if you just watch a lot of Planet of the Apes movies, do you, do you suddenly become an, an adult? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just checking. So um, I was going to say that reminds me of, of two things, one which I was going to call out Spencer for, um, and I'll do that one second. But the other one w- was um, uh, every so often in, when I was in Illinois with a bunch of my grad school friends, we'd... Uh, sorry, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, BJ, but Spencer just knocked back like three ounces of whiskey in one swing. Oh. <laughs> just blew me back a little bit. I'm clearing for the bourbon we're going to do next. It can't be anything left <laughs> yeah. in the other glass. Clearing his glass. Um, so <laughs> we'd go shopping for parties or, or even just like hanging out if we were going to have din- dinner together or something like that. And um, a bunch of my, my friends would just be like, you know, it's such an adult thing that like you pick through like fruits and vegetables or whatever and, and identify stuff. And then um, they were, they were also like, you know, like, why are you choosing it? And so like, as I'd go through it, I'd be like, you know, this is why I'm choosing this. And this is why I'm choosing that. And it's, they're just like, that's, that's such like an adult parent thing that a, you know, and B like you want to tell us about like how you pick your peaches and, and onions and, and things like that. Yeah, I give you a lot of credit for that, BJ, because I do a lot of cooking. That's like one of my, that and learning about chimpanzee behavioral traits. That's <laughs> like my two things. Um, and I am terrible at this with the exception of tomatoes. I am, I'm like the Neil deGrasse Tyson of selecting tomatoes <laughs> at a grocery store, but everything else I fuck up. Like you, you send me out to buy a melon, you're going to have a mediocre melon. <laughs> and so Spencer, I was going to call you out on, uh, oh God, what? like you're, you're, you're essentially the worst at responding to to any sort of communication. <laughs> Daniel, this is fair. Go on. Except when like there's a random question, and it's like I need this piece of, I want this piece of information. And oh shit! You're 100 percent right. Like, like it doesn't really matter what it is, like legal oh, opinion about birds or, or whatever it is. Like there's almost always like within you know within half an hour I would say, but usually within like five to ten minutes it's just like okay so I looked this up on Wikipedia and it says this, but I also have like a little bit more information because you know I happened to talk to I to my dad sure. about this like two weeks ago, so you know. The, the Roman phalanx was commonly used, but it was usually used in conjunction with like medium archers and, um, you know, they'd often, you know, dig in other positions. And so it was a, a really, you know, surprisingly good form of infantry, but it was also because of like other support. And, but, I'm going stop, to stop you there, PJ, with the Greek phalanx, with the Roman cohort, but we can go into details about that. Anyway, you know, I was just pulling stuff out of my ass, but we're, it's something that you would know about like offhand, and clearly I don't. But it's like, hey, Spencer, like, do you have, um, you know, time to, to record a podcast? Like, how's it going? Like, what's happening in your life? You know, like three, four days later, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I've been busy. I haven't had lunch yet. Spencer, like I texted you three days ago, like I haven't had lunch yet is not like a normal personal response. And especially three days later with like half a sentence. Yeah. DJ, you are so right. And I've had moments where I've, I've texted Spencer and I felt like, and I'm asking him a personal detail, and he, I felt like he thought of, okay, here's all the things I could possibly say. What is the least revealing about myself? <laughs> I'm going to send that. So it's, uh, yep, yeah, lunch was good. What? That's how your life is going, Muffin. But you're also so right. If you ask him a question, I think, Spencer, you're like low-key one of the more competitive people I know. Because you'll get like, it's like, okay, I'm going to show you that I can answer this question. <laughs> okay, that, that is a very fair summary, PJ. Accurately deduced. <laughs> You seem very dismayed about that, and, and that also makes me, like, kind of happy. I'm a little dismayed, BJ, that you've dropped this knowledge and let him know that we know this. Because, <laughs> because what we could have done is just, like, we'd ask some personal questions. Hey, Spencer, yep, yep. Um, are you, what's, what's going on for New Year's? Are you coming down? How are you doing in your life? You know, what's going on with your, with your job? He doesn't respond, and we ask a trivia question, and we just reply, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, oh, I have uh, a handful of other things for, for the uh, gotcha Spencer or, or making oh, yeah. Spencer's life more entertaining. We, you don't uh, need to make we, this a segment. Which does remind me, Spencer, how are you enjoying the Soylent? Uh, it is a mixed bag. Uh, did you guys, did, BJ, did you reveal to them that you sent me Soylent apparently out of amusement that it sounded like Soylent Green? Well, well also, because you, like, did, so this texting, right, texting yeah. Spencer about, like, how are you doing like what's going on, things like that, and you not responding for three days and then responding, I haven't had time to eat lunch. I was just like, okay, so we have it. Like I was asking you how the past three days were and I haven't had time to eat lunch is a completely nonsensical response. And this was um, around Prime Day and I saw that Soylent was on sale and I was just like, well, I feel like this is perfect for Spencer. It requires almost no input whatsoever. It's a meal replacement. Spencer doesn't care about like most things in his life that, that are ancillary to keeping him alive. And so, and this has caffeine. So this will like continue with his insane sleep schedule of like going to sleep sometime between two and 7am to get up at like somewhere between 8 and 8.30 for work. I don't know what you do with your life. And, um, and, and you know, this would be like, okay, well, now you have lunch and you can then stay up again until like 3, 4 in the morning. Um, and, and, and so I was like, oh, I'll check this out. You sent me a giant box of meal replacement drinks, which I was not expecting. Where just suddenly a very large box showed up with like 12 bottles of, what is just marked as Soylent, try it. Uh, and I have tried two different types of this Soylent. It comes in like vanilla, uh, Chocolate mocha. and chai. And chai. Yeah. Yes. So, well, uh, and I'm very intrigued by your answers here. <laughs> so I recently just got a taste review on the chai from, from a coworker. So I'm curious not, what you've tried and how you like it. I've not tried the chai yet. I've tried the vanilla and the mocha. And, uh, the thing that caught me off guard at first is that it is not a drink. It is a meal replacement. And that amounts to a very different consistency of drink than I was expecting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Of where it is thick. It is like someone melted a loaf of bread into your, into your mocha latte. 
and that was weird. Of where it it left a distinct, lasting aftertaste. It was thick when drinking down. So, Sutter, how much like its flavor? But what? How much experience do you have with melting bread? I've soaked bread in very like soup and other various things. <laughs> okay, with a so that's what you have by melting bread. Okay, now, now again, action. He's got going. Or you know, cheese too. You know, you guys know about the melting pot experiences and everything else along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was a bit off putting in that regard of where I just wasn't expecting that. But otherwise, it just tastes like a particular flavored latte in terms of the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that, that my conclusion about it. It's it's perfectly fine once you know going in. It just have to expect that it is not a drink. This is just not something that you just sip throughout the day, whatever else. It is a meal replacement, and that makes for a very different experience of consuming than just ordering up a, a, a drink at, like, Starbucks or something. BJ, you do hit on something interesting here, though, because as I've noted many times and is well-documented and proved, Spencer's a very cheap man. <laughs> so what we should do is just send him bad meals, like <laughs> shitty meals, and you know he's going to eat it. You know he's going to eat it. He saves the five bucks. He's going to eat it. <laughs> I mean, pretty much anything that that we want a guinea pig, you know, food wise. Um, so, so my my friend had the uh, chai version, and his his response was like, it has no flavor in kind of maybe the best way possible. Like, you know, it, it doesn't hit anything major, and so it is, you know, basically perfectly palatable with no flavor or no outstanding flavor. Um, and and I just I kind of thought of you, Spencer, when when you had that uh, review. Levi, what have you heard about the product? Or you've you've had it before, you said. Oh, I've had it. Like I've had it. Um, I think Soylent is the best thing in the in the world. The only problem is is that it does have like what, what was it, 200, 300 milligrams of of caffeine per bottle. It does. Uh, yeah. Ooh, strong. Which is a problem for me to to, to eat that from lunch. Um, but it was it was on sale on Amazon at some point and I started 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 drinking it. Um Soylent. I gotta order this. Because my I mean for those who don't know But Lee, you like food. Yeah. But I want to be a part of the conversation. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I mean in my inner heart, if I could have this the same meal forever and it was easy to make like like Soylent, <laughs> I, I would have this. Um, you. So so Soylent serial killer traits he has. Boxes, uh, he's like mm-hmm. I can just like I can just chug down this gelatinous sort of stew of, of, of vitamins, minerals, and, and macronutrients that I need to have. I take that, and I spend a minute and a half maybe in, in, ter- in terms of meal prep and, and consuming a meal. This is fantastic. This is the best thing in the world. And I, I really like it. It has a little bit too much caffeine for me to, for it to be sustainable um, because if I have a whole lot of There are non-caffeinated versions. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Samantha, you've opened a new world to him Samantha, there. Samantha's cursing right now, by the way. Um, <laughs> she gets so annoyed by, by by my penchant of of wanting to eat the same thing all the time. Um, which, in terms of of what we had for my going away party, is that Terry said that there were going to be um, Levi themed uh, food and drinks, and and my girlfriend's response was, "What is a Levi themed food?" And I was like, "Well, the same burrito, <laughs> the same burrito over and over." Um, and he called it. That's exactly and, what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was Cosmic Burritos. Um, 
So actually, I was curious. Um, I heard that that you got cosmic burritos, and I was sort of wondering if that was uh, from the the voicemail that that I forwarded on to you. No, I had that plan beforehand. Um, I okay. Knew, I knew immediately when I was. Uh, going to throw Levi going away party. We were going to have cosmic burritos and we're going to have 151. I couldn't find 151. So I got crack and rum instead. Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) That's the best I could do. But yeah, some sort of uh, overproofed rum and a uh, cosmic burrito. That's, that's pretty, it's pretty Levi. Okay. Anything else you want to cover in the first part of this podcast? No, I think we've done well. Yeah. Good work, guys. Good work. Yeah, I think you did good. Okay, cool. Let's wrap up. This is the part one of Whiskey Weekends for August 10th. Um, We're going to be back for part two. Hopefully, this is released on a Friday. We're trying to get on a regular schedule of Friday releases for Whiskey Weekends. Uh, Just started that last week. We have a a bit of a library, so I think we're going to be able to do it. So you're likely listening to this on a Friday. If you are, this Friday is when you'll hear part two. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.